0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking
1: requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.
0: Yeah, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Tradies News in a Nutshell for this Thursday morning. It's the 18th of August, 2022, broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SEN Q693 AM in Brisbane, and SCN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. Daniel Pedru with you, 1300-01-1170. The phone number, 457 736, 736 to get us on the text with you for the next hour before breakfast with Fossey and Brandy through SCN 1170 AM in Sydney. Padding Hills through SCN 693, SCN Q693 AM in Queensland and Brisbane and 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. Lots to get through. Uh, We still don't know where the grand final is going to be played. I am shocked. Uh, We're going to have a bit of fun with that. We'll we'll update you on that uh, in a moment, but we'll have a bit of fun with that. The RLPA not happy with the uh, drug testing of Caelan Ponga and Kurt Mann. More on that shortly. And a big name player is going to test the open market when it hits November 1. More on that very, very soon as well. Plus, as well as that, we do have a round of NRL, the third last round, before the finals, kicking off tonight with a brilliant game between the South Sydney Rabbitohs and the Penrith Panthers. So we'll look ahead to that, have a brief look ahead as well to the rest of the round uh, before we do that in more detail tomorrow morning with Charlie Goodso tomorrow morning on the show. Plus, Road to the World Cup continues. John Gallo will join me in about 10 or so minutes' time. We'll finish off Group D. And we'll also look at this weekend's fixtures in the EPL because some interesting games going on there. So plenty to get through over the course of the next hour. one 300 1170 or 457 736 It's two past five. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rain. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a ream. Yeah, does your hot water need replacing? Get one that's steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a ream. Well, I said yesterday that we may have a decision where the grand final was going to be played yesterday, but we don't. We still don't know where the NRL grand final is going to be played and we're only, what, six and a half, seven weeks away from the grand final. Now, before we get to the latest news on this, and there's not a lot, but there was a meeting yesterday, and apparently we're going to get a decision today, on one 1170 or 457 736, 736 And happy to continue the conversation from yesterday about whether you think it should be moved or not. But let's have a bit of fun with it. If you were Peter Verlandis, and you were guaranteed a ticket to the grand final, no matter where in the world it was going to be played, where would you play it? Where would you you would get a week's holiday with it as well? All paid for. Where would you play it? Anywhere in the world. 1 300 01 1170 or 0457 736 If you were gonna take the grand final, I know people want to remain in Sydney, some people open to Brisbane, but let's just uh, be wishful thinking for a minute. If you had a week's holiday, all paid for, and you could go to one sporting ground in the world. Where would you take the NRL Grand Final? Maybe we could pass this advice on to Peter. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 three hundred oh one eleven seventy. A week's holiday, what sporting ground in the world would you take the NRL Grand Final to this year? Uh, might find a prize for you as well. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. It could be anywhere, absolutely anywhere in the world. Where would you take it? Uh, Now, on a serious note, uh, the battle for the grand final does remain, and I use the word serious quite loosely, remain in the balance after the ARL Commission again delayed a decision on rugby league showpiece event. So the meeting yesterday went for three hours of the ARL Commission but failed to deliver a decisive verdict on whether Queensland or New South Wales will host this year's NRL grand final. We... Want a decision. And a lot of fans, and I saw it on the text here yesterday, I've seen it on social media over the past 24 to 48 hours, they just want a decision. Um, And it is starting to become a bit more of a soap opera every day. We just want to know where the grand final is going to be played. Now, it is understood a final call will be made within 24 hours as the ARLC mulls over a late charge from the Queensland Government following a breakdown of talks between Chair Peter Volandes and the New South Wales Government. The Queensland Government government wants to stage up to three NRL Grand Finals before the 2032 Olympics. And that is a key plank of their $10 million pitch to ambush their New South Wales counterparts and steal more marquee deciders for Suncorp Stadium. Before Wednesday night's meeting, last night's meeting... NRL Chief Executive Andrew Abdo said the decision may yet be delayed another day. And he said, no, we won't necessarily have a decision today that was yesterday. This is a really important decision, and the Commission needs to consider all elements. We are still in active negotiations. We want to resolve the matter as quickly as possible. I think everybody wants certainty now. The Commission has important decisions to make. There will be a meeting. Later today, yesterday, no doubt there'll be further meetings to go. So, still no decision. On Wednesday morning, Anastasia Palaszczuk threw her support behind Suncorp's bid, um, which is not overly surprising. Um, And the Olympics, we know, is a decade away. And during that time, Queensland Government Chiefs want two or three NRL deciders to demonstrate their pulling power ahead of the world's greatest showpiece. Well, that's fine, Uh, and again, I said yesterday, I don't have a huge issue with a grand final being played in Queensland every four or five years, or three over the next ten years, but this whole thing, we're now the 18th of August, and we still don't know where the grand final is going to be played, and we've been promised all week that we're going to get a decision. Maybe today is the day we actually do get a decision, whether it will be Sydney, whether it will be Queensland, we'll wait... And see, but want to have a bit of fun with it. Happy to get a serious take on it if you're sick of it, as most people are. But uh, fun one this morning. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six or 1300 one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Where in the world you have a week? Okay, so you have a week to go. All expenses paid holiday. What stadium would you take it to if you were Peter Verland? He's already got a couple of texts. I'll get them get to them shortly. 0457-736-736 or 1300 one 1170 What stadium in the world, all expenses paid holiday, free ticket, obviously, corporate seating. Where in the world would you take it? 0457-736-736 or 1300 one 1170 And are you as sick of this story as most people are? Hopefully a decision today. We'll get to your text soon. Now, what do you make of this? The Players Union has warned that they may abandon the game's illicit drug testing policy after claiming that the target testing of Newcastle pair Kalen Ponga and Kurt Mann was an unmatched breach of confidence and abuse of process. Ponga and Mann were targeted for drug testing by the NRL Integrity Unit uh, after footage emerged of, at the weekend of the pair leaving a toilet cubicle together at a Newcastle hotel. We know the NRL Integrity Unit launched an investigation into the incident and used the illicit testing policy to target the pair for testing. The results of the tests are expected to remain confidential under the game's uh, drug testing regime. But Rugby League Players Association Chief Executive Clint Newton warned the very process of of conducting the tests had been an abuse of the existing regime. I've seen a lot of game firsts in the last few weeks And I think this is one of them, where I think this is an unmatched breach of confidence and an irrefutable abuse of the clear process set out in the NRL's testing policy. This is an outdated policy when we have been banging on about wanting to review this policy for nearly a decade. This was meant to be reviewed since 2015. It continually gets kicked down the road. Maybe it is time to kick the policy out the door, particularly if it's going to be used in this way. Serious questions need to be asked about how this has unfolded and why a video of this nature, which has potentially been recorded illegally, has been enough evidence to warrant target testing. Is that the new threshold? This is just ridiculous on all levels. He went on to say this is meant to be done on a confidential basis and it hasn't. So therefore, you have to now start asking serious questions about the trust and confidence in the integrity units process here. It is unnecessary. No doubt the players have put themselves in a position that there is a level of judgment towards the players. But now there isn't a presumption of innocence because they have effectively target tested them. This is a fantasy land. I thought we were operating in the human being business. Apparently we are not. So that is Clint Newson, the chairman of the RLPA, chief executive of the RLPA. Andrew Abdo was asked yesterday whether he was concerned that drugs may have been involved. And he said, no, it's not a concern for the, that drugs were, may be involved. The Integrity Unit will do everything they deem reasonable to protect the game and protect the players and stakeholders. They have a policy and will adhere to that policy. I would never describe anything we do as a box-ticking exercise. Newton, uh, Clint Newton confirmed the RLP had been in contact with players and were serious about revolting against the illicit testing regime. He said, absolutely we can. We enter into a policy over and above our obligations with Sports Integrity Australia. We need to bring it back to what is the purpose of the policy, because I don't think we are aligned at all. Players are the only stakeholder in the game that is prepared to opt into this. They understand the importance of it, but based on how this has unfolded, we need to seriously question whether we want to participate in it. 0457 736 736 or 01 1170. Your thoughts on that? Um, do you have a problem with them being uh, drug tested, uh, listed drug tested, or are you on Clint Newton's side that we should just be leaving it alone? 0457 736 736 or 01 1170. And one more before the break, Melbourne. They are fighting an uphill battle to retain Cameron Munster, with the Queensland origin star uh, rejecting the Storm's latest offer as he prepares to test his value on the open market. Munster will put himself up for sale from November 1 in a blow to Melbourne's hopes of retaining the in pivot in the lead-up to Friday night's blockbuster against Souths. His manager, uh, and Astor, confirmed yesterday the Storm sensation plans to head to the free agency market over summer opening the door for the Dolphins to ramp up a $5.2 million poaching bid for Cameron Munster. Uh, now, Wayne Bennett's Dolphins are prepared to make Munster the NRL's highest-paid player and table a formal formal offer worth around $1.3 million annually over four years from 2024. The Storm have made two offers to Munster, the latest worth about $800,000 a season over three years, But Anastas said his client will explore his options, which will sound alarm bells for Melbourne. Anastas said yesterday, we're going to wait until November and test the open market. Melbourne are definitely fighting hard to keep him, and a deal with the storm could still be done. But we won't be doing anything until November 1. They have put an offer to us a couple of times, and we've said, no, we're not ready. At this stage, Melbourne's deal is not at the point to convince Cameron to sign. And Aster said, I feel Cameron is a $1 million player and come November, I'm sure he would get a number of offers in that vicinity. Yeah, interesting to see what happens with that, whether he does leave the Melbourne Storm, go to the Dolphins, or there probably would be a couple of other clubs wanting to get his signature. Whether those other clubs, though, could offer the amount of money that the Dolphins are going to offer will be the key question. And also, I think if you're Cameron Munster... Now, money, you've got to think about money. Your career is short, relatively speaking. But if you're Cameron Munster, do you leave a successful side in the Melbourne Storm who, you know, they're not going to win the competition every year, but they're a very good side and they're always going to be there or thereabouts, you would think. Do you leave that? Do you risk that all to go to the Dolphins, who may struggle for a few years? We don't know, but they might. Or, as I said, is there another club in the NRL Cameron Munster may pop up at where do you think Cam Munster is going to end up? Do you think he's going to stay at the Melbourne Storm? Do you think he will go to the Dolphins and be their marquee signing for 2024? Or do you think he's going to pop up elsewhere? Interested to see where you guys think he will pop up. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 11 So that's a bit of what is on our agenda today. A few texts already. This one from Blake saying, I definitely would take it to the new Las Vegas Stadium. Yes, well, the new Las Vegas Stadium, I know someone. We may actually have a chat with him next week when he's back in Australia. I know someone that went to the new Vegas Stadium just the other day. Might get him on the show next week when he's back in Australia to tell us about his experience. Thank you, Blake. And Jason, as we go to a break, says, Dan, today is my 43rd birthday. Jason from uh, Victoria. Happy birthday, Jason. Uh, what are you doing for it? Hope you have a wonderful day and hope the Storm get a win for you across the weekend. More texts there. I'll get to them shortly. Where, if you're Peter Forlandi's, no decision made on the grand final yet, so where would you play the grand final? If you had an all-expenses-paid holiday for a week, corporate box-seating, what stadium in the world, anywhere in the world, would you play the NRL Grand Final? 457 736 736 one 70 And Cam Munster, where's he going to end up? Will he stay at Melbourne? Will he go to the Dolphins or will he end up elsewhere? 457 736 736 or 1300 01, 0, 1 11, 70 We'll get to your texts after this. Also, after the break, we will continue our road to the World Cup with Jonathan Gello and look at this round of the EPL. It's quarter past five. Dory is 19 past five 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. 1, asking you this morning, um, we're still not sure where the grand final, NRL grand final is going to be played. So, asking you if you had an all expenses paid holiday. Anywhere in the world, corporate box, free ticket to the game. Where would you play it? Here's a text from Rob saying, Dan, there is only one choice where you can play the grand final. If you could choose anywhere in the world, he has said North Sydney Oval. So there you go. Uh, thank you, Rob. No, no, North <laughs> Sydney Oval. As I say hello to Jonathan Gallo, North Sydney Oval, John, good morning to you. It is a lovely good place. Morning. We've We've called some games there in the past, John. It's... uh." I just don't know about the corporate facilities at North Sydney Oval.
1: We'd have to arrive a day earlier, Dan, just so we could get to the commentary box in time. (laughs) So, um, making our way up the staircase. So, it's just. Yeah, it's, it's one of those places, it's a lovely oval, obviously a lot of history there, but uh, not
0: one of my choices, I have to say. It is a nice oval, but for people that, and obviously most people are listening, haven't done the commentary at North Sydney Oval, uh, and we haven't been there for a few years, but we used to go there quite regularly to call New South Wales Cup games, um, and you'd have to go up, I reckon it would be five or six flights of stairs just to get to the commentary box, you exhausted by the time you get up there and what's even worse i reckon john just before we get to what we're actually talking about what's even worse is when you get to half time if you want something to eat or go to the bathroom and get a bottle of water you've got like this 10 minute window to get downstairs and get back up again and start calling the game it's, it is hard work
1: yeah and yeah you know, you're working harder than the bulldog sports pack sometimes <laughs> and uh you know that's that's saying a lot being a bulldog fan so yeah, it is. You've got to really plan and time it very well, Dan. Otherwise, you could be late.
0: Exactly. You definitely exactly. don't want to be late. Exactly. Definitely don't want to be late. Great nomination, Rob. North Sydney Oval. I'd lo- I would, in all honesty, I'd love to see an NRL game played there uh, at some point. There was one scheduled. I think I might have mentioned this last week. There was one scheduled which was going to be between the Roosters and the Warriors. I think it was down for 2020. And then we know what happened in 2020 and that never happened. But maybe they'll look at that in the next couple of years because it is that and Henson Park, a great oval. Thank you for that text, uh, Rob. North Sydney Oval was where he'd be playing the grand final. John, might get your nomination on that shortly, but let's get to the football, we're continuing our road to the World Cup. Don't forget, SEN will have every game of the World Cup covered, and it kicks off in just over. It's basically three months a day, I think, maybe a day or two more before the World Cup gets underway. We're up to Group D, which marks the halfway point of our road to the World Cup. Um, we've already looked at France and Australia. Before I get your opinion on who's going to finish top four, let's have a look at the other two teams. Let's start with Denmark.
1: John? Yeah, Denmark, a a top team. And as I said before, I think last week on the show, that uh, we haven't had a lot of luck against Denmark in the past, particularly the World Cups, as we know from 2018. Um, They've always been a bit of a thorn in our side in in the past. A good squad, obviously some top players. that are playing for some big clubs across Europe, none other than Martin Braithwaite at Barcelona. He's been in absolute wonderful form up front, um, as well as Jonas Wien at Wolfsburg in the Bundesliga, playing some really good football. Christian Eriksen, obviously, at Man United, it's well documented. He's one of the leaders and captain of, of Denmark. He's you know obviously had a, a terrible time in the Euros with what was a cardiac arrest in the, in the middle of the field, and uh, that shocked uh, the world, pretty much, and particularly in football and, and the Denmark players. Um, and obviously, Pierre M. Holzberg from Tottenham, the midfielder there, is one of the big players that will be able to step up for Denmark, I think. What you see from Denmark is a very defensive orientated side. At times, they defend very, very well. They, they shut down oppositions pretty comfortably, uh, and they really hit on the counter pretty quick as well. So they'll be a threat to a lot of teams, uh, you know, in the counter attack area. And obviously, they're a very physical team as well. Um, so they're not afraid to match it with Australia. Um, but they've got a way of playing that is, you know, brings opposition down to their level. Uh, but they play a very good, attractive style of football when they need to as well so they're not afraid to go that extra gear if they need i think they're going to be a dangerous side uh, for australia and we're going to have to be really well prepared when we do face them because they've got that really high class well, individuals in their team that i just mentioned that can hurt you from from anywhere so yeah big opposition tough team Denmark they're coming uh, first in the way nations league tournament that's been playing across europe at the moment in their group so they've been very well prepared recently Uh, and hitting some good form in the qualification stage as well. So, yeah, big, big team, Denmark.
0: And the other team in Group D is Tunisia. This one is where Australia probably would fancy picking up a win. How do you see them going in Group D?
1: Yes, Australia played them in the second group Mm, game. Saturday uh, night. Yeah, like I mentioned before. Yeah, so this is a big one against Tunisia because, like you said, we're going to really have to throw everything at them because the three points will be vital here for both teams. Obviously, I think with Tunisia, the, the, the big thing they probably have in their advantage is not too many sides would know much about Tunisia in terms of the way they play. Um, there's a little bit of an unknown factor with them. So there's a little bit of danger that comes with that because there isn't a whole lot that uh, we can study or we already know about them that we can kind of preempt when we come up against them. So there's some danger in that alone. But some quality players that they do have, obviously, Vabkazi up front, Ali Malou is one of the defenders as well and uh, Youssef Muschini as well. So players that are playing in in different parts of the world, um, not so much playing in in the Premier League. We don't see too many Tunisians running around in the uh, top flight of of English football, but they are there in the lower leagues of of English football, uh, playing a little bit over in Germany as well. So um, they're making their way slowly across some of the bigger leagues in Europe, which is obviously good for their national side. Uh, but a, de- a definite threat, for sure. We have to be wary of Tunisia. But in that second group game, like you mentioned, we need to go at them and, and throw everything at them from an Australian
0: perspective. So,
1: yeah, there is a danger there, and uh, wait we'll and see what they can produce.
0: Okay. Uh, now, I fear you're not going to have Australia in your answer here, but I'm going to pose it to you anyway. Who finishes top of Group D between France, Australia, well, the top two, France, Australia, Denmark, and Tunisia?
1: Well, I've got France as one of the favourites to win the World Cup uh, back-to-back again. I know it's a tough task to win back-to-back, so I'm going to have to say France is number one. Yeah, yeah finishing second, oh, it's a tough one to go against uh, Australia, but I, I just I can't see, I think Denmark is going to be too strong. Um, where I see Denmark beating Australia is the fact that they've just got that you know extra bit of talent up front that I think Australia lacks at the moment, and You know, those World class individuals I just mentioned that can absolutely break the game wide open. We don't really have that, to be honest. We've got to really play collectively as a team on our day to have any chance, whereas Denmark, even though they might not be at their best as a team, individually they can still hurt you. So I'm going to lean in favour of Denmark. I think they might be able to travel through. I think Denmark will get full six points, whereas Australia might fall short with maybe max four points. So that's going to be a bit of a worry.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens there. As I say, the World Cup on every uh, every game of the World Cup on SEN. Next week, we'll start our look at Group E as we get close to the World Cup, and we'll look at Spain and Costa Rica next week. Also in that group is Germany and Japan, so quite a competitive group we'll look at over the next fortnight. Uh, there's a text from Brett I'll read before we let you go, but let's just whip through these EPL games that are underway from Saturday night at 9.30. An interesting week of EPL. We know the storylines around some of the clubs. 9.30pm, this is all Sydney time, 9.30pm, Saturday night, Tottenham will play Wolves.
1: Big game, this one. Uh, really looking forward to seeing how Tottenham bounce back after the draw with Chelsea. Um, it was very action-packed on the sidelines with Conte. He'll probably be suspended for this game, possibly, if uh, they look at the review, the FA, and decide to put some harsh action on that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Tottenham got a to bounce back after the, the draw to Chelsea. They've, you know, obviously been undefeated after two games so far. And I think they've got a good chance of extending that record against Wolves. Wolves are a difficult team, but they slipped up in, uh, in the first round. And uh, they could potentially lose this one, Wolves. I'm going to back Spurs 2-0. Spurs
0: 2-0. There you go. A host of games at midnight on Saturday night going into Sunday. I don't know which one is the pick of them, but we'll go through them and I'll tell you Ed, as we go. Everton play Nor- uh, Nottingham Forest.
1: Yeah, Everton need to respond. Uh, they've had a slip-up in the first two games. Obviously, they played Chelsea first up and then lost last week against uh, to Villa. Um, so this is a big one for Frankie Lampard to get the critics off his back early if he can. Uh, Nottingham is difficult, beat. They're coming here with a bit of uh, confidence. Nottingham, they won last week against the run of play uh, against West Ham 1-0. So there's a bit of confidence about Nottingham at the moment. They like to continue that form, whereas Everton are trying to still find theirs. Um, so I'm 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 going to go. with, I think Everton might be able to win their first game of the season here, but uh, that's more to the fact that they're playing at home in Goodison Park, which should be a a rowdy reception for them. So yeah, I'm going to go Everton in a, in a close one.
0: Leicester City host Southampton.
1: I'm going to go back to Leicester City to get their first win of the season. I think I haven't been Southampton been a little bit off the pace already early on. I know Leicester City haven't been that great but I'm going to back Brendan Rodgers to get their, uh, their first three points of the season here.
0: Fulham against the giant killers, Brentford.
1: You know, I've been talking to a few Fulham fans of uh, recent Dan in the office and mm. uh, they are confident against Brentford. There's a bit of a rivalry here with Brentford in the past. Um, obviously, Brentford come out with a great four result against United Craven Cottage and Fulham have been starting the season really, really well. Obviously, they've got the draw against Liverpool. Uh, I think they won last week as well. So, yeah, there's a bit of a, a bit of thing there with Fulham at the moment. Uh, so they got a draw last week against Southampton. Fulham did. So, yeah, I think they're coming in here with a good form. Brentford obviously with a win last week. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to say a draw here again. I oh, think.
0: All right. Uh, this looks like a good one. Uh, Crystal Palace will play Aston Villa.
1: Yeah, I think Palace are you know in for a uh, tough season again. Hasn't worked out in the first couple of rounds. Early they picked up a one-all draw against Liverpool though mm. last week. Um, that was a good performance. Good display. Villa have been, been really good against Everton last week with a 2-1 win as well. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to lean with Villa at this one. I think Gerrard's team are coming with a good form. Palace show what they can do if they've got a bit of fight about them, but they just don't start the game too well. The first 15, 20 minutes are a little bit behind the pace, and that's where I think Villa could possibly nab an early goal and, uh, and see this one out.
0: All right, Sunday morning, 2.30am, Bournemouth will play a very in-form Arsenal.
1: Yeah, going to go Arsenal
0: here, 2-3-0, I think. Sunday night, uh, two games at 11pm. The first one, West Ham-Brighton.
1: Yeah, West Ham. Uh, look, they haven't played started of the season that great as well as they would have liked. Um, you know, so they had a shock 1-0 loss last week against Nottingham, as I mentioned, whereas Brighton, I think, have been in some decent form themselves. I think even though it's going to be at the Hammers, I'm going to back uh, Brighton to get the, the result here. Uh,
0: also at 11pm, this will be an interesting one, Leeds United play Chelsea.
1: Yeah, I think this one is a good one. the United have been playing some, some decent football in the opening uh, stages of the season. Uh, you know, Jesse Marsh, the coach, is looking really positive in, in the football and the press conferences. Um, but I think Chelsea are going to come out again. I think they're going to get the job done. I think there's a little bit of frustration from last week against Spurs that they didn't get all three points. So I think they'll uh, I think they'll easily win this one two or three nil.
0: And the two other games uh, left in this round of the Premier League Monday morning at 1:30 a.m. Newcastle will play Man City.
1: Yeah, Man City have been absolutely in top form in the last two games of uh, the season already. They've opened up the campaign with a great 4-0 win last week against Bournemouth and again with a, re- a great result the week before that. Um, they're obviously in, in a lot of confidence. And Newcastle you know, head into this one, um, you know, obviously with some decent form of the sell, they picked up a 0-0 draw against Brighton last week. So it's tough to see where Newcastle are going to win this one. I know it's going to be at, uh, at their home ground, but I do think that uh, Man City might win this one 2-0 just based on the form they've already shown. Man City have been absolutely deadly up front. So, uh, yeah, I think Man City will win this one.
0: And we will be talking when this game is on next Tuesday morning. Man United up against Liverpool. Both teams haven't had really the greatest start to the season, but Man United definitely struggling more than Liverpool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of conjecture around, you know, the future of, of Ten Hag as a coach already. There's a lot of you know, talk about that and some of the players there not being good enough. So I think there's a little lackluster of confidence going around that dressing room. Ronaldo's looking like he could possibly leave sometime soon as well. Um, so look, at, it's a terrible start for Man United. I know it hasn't been ideal for Liverpool either with two draws, but I think Liverpool will get their job done here. I think they will respond pretty well to Liverpool, whereas I think Man United at the moment, they've just been copying it left, right and centre. I don't think they're going to be really up to this game. I think their confidence is going to be really down. And... You can't be playing Liverpool with a lack of confidence, that's for sure.
0: Now, we're going to have dinner on Monday night. Uh, you're going to write some notes about the EPL and the World Cup that I'm going to study hard, and we're going to talk about it on Tuesday. Is that correct?
1: That's correct, Dan. We're going to go deep into a lot of homework and a lot
0: of assessments, mm-hmm. and
1: we'll, we'll definitely uh, you know, make sure that we study well for the uh, upcoming uh, time on Tuesday mm-hmm. when I go through the review of the Premier League that's just happened, as well as the two teams from uh, Group E. So I'm really looking forward to that, Dan. I uh Uh, I do a lot of hard work, as you know. So um, I may not be able to put my head up for too long at the dinner table because I'll be writing down ferociously all my notes. So um, just be prepared for that when you come to dinner on Monday night.
0: Gee, sounds like an interesting dinner. Uh, Just before I let you go to put your smile on your face for a uh, Thursday morning, this one from Brett saying, Good morning, Dan. Surely the NRL grand final should be played in Sydney. The standout candidate would be Leichhardt Oval. Amazing parking facilities and amenities. The event, the event uh, has proven, the, the, fa- the place has proven lately that it would bring the house down. Literally. The hot dog vendors <laughs> are seriously the best. What a great text from Brett. Uh, oh,
1: brilliant.
0: Brilliant stuff. Uh, thank great. you, Brett. He brilliant deserves stuff. a prize. Does, actually, so does Rob, and he I've seen, seen a couple of others. Uh, John, have a wonderful day. I'm sure you will. Um, and we will chat next week. And very much looking forward to that football dinner on Monday night.
1: Yeah, right. Brett, he sounds like a lovely guy. So, we will. Uh, yeah, we will. He can come along. We will. So, yeah. Have Thank a great day, Dan. I'll talk to you soon,
0: mate. Thank you. You have a wonderful day too. Jonathan Gallo talking all things uh, football. We'll take a break. 0457 736 736 01 Stack of texts there. I'll get to them right after the break. It's 25 to 6. Yeah, 21 or 01 1170. Don't forget breakfast not too far away through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney with Vossie and Brandy. And in Queensland through SEN Q693 AM and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. It's Patton Hills. Coming up on the show with Patton Hills, Lions captain Dane Zorko will be in the studio ahead of the Lions-Demons clash tomorrow night at the Gabba. He will be joined by Bronco uh, Kobe Hetherington ahead of the Broncos vs Storm. And the boys will also have more tickets to the Lions and Demons to give away. Listing on the app or through SCN at Q693am or SCN 1620am, that's with Patton Hills. After 6am, Vossie and Brandy after 6am too. We'll have uh, Wally the Stats Man. Uh, I think they're talking darts this morning as well and their tips heading into round 23 of the NRL. Now, stack of text there, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. It's our Makita Power Play this morning. Don't forget... This season, Makita is helping you rule the outdoors. No decision, if you're just joining us, no decision on the NRL Grand Final yet. We're apparently going to get one today. So I put out at the start of the show about where in the world, if you had an all expenses paid holiday for a week, corporate seating at the NRL Grand Final, what stadium in the world would you take it to? Now, already had nominations of North Sydney Oval, which I think was a very good one, and Lycott Oval, which was equally as good. Uh, Here's some more ones. This one from the Yeovil treatment says, hi Dan, let's think left field and take the NRL grand final to one of the most iconic sports stadiums in the world. Fenway park home of the Boston Red Sox was used by the new England Patriots. So a rugby league game shouldn't be a problem. Or he says we could take it to the other Sydney in the world, which is in Canada. Well, wouldn't that be interesting? Peter Volandis announces, or Andrew Abdo, both of them announced at 10 a.m. this morning. Um, not that there is an announcement at 10 a.m., but it could be. Um, saying that um, the grand final is going to be in Sydney. Everyone's going to be happy. And then he says it's in Sydney, Canada. Uh, yeah, good good nomination there, Trim. And I like these left-of-field nominations. This one from Scotty Panther. Now, this in terms of the RLPA, not overly happy about the fact that they tested Kalen Ponga and Kurt Mann for illicit drugs, saying that they are looking at opting out of that. Uh, they don't think it's uh, right, basically. Uh, mornings, Scotty says, 100% right getting the testers up in Newcastle. The situation they put themselves in, as in the players... It was made public. Uh, Now, in terms of it it was made public, I think that is what Clint Newton is sort of saying. That video was was recorded illegally, basically. You're not allowed to record people in the bathroom. So it was made public in an illegal way. But I do understand where you're coming from, Scotty. He goes, if I was involved in an accident, car-related, I'd get tested straight away. Scotty Panther, go the Panthers. Yeah, the Panthers in uh, the match tonight against South Sydney. We'll look at that in just a second. Look, I understand. However, it was made public, uh, rightly or wrongly, and most people would agree probably it was wrongly. It is now public. Um, and again, aside from all of that, um, whether it was the right or wrong thing to make it public and what was really going on, just the general look of it. Um, they were playing that night. Now, I know Kalen Pong is not probably not going to play again this year. Kurt Mann out injured at the moment. But just the look of it, the Knights played the Broncos last Saturday night at 7.30, and these guys were in a pub. I know Calum Ponga brought a house, and congratulations to him. But I agree to an extent with Scotty um, that the fact it was made public, people are aware of it. Um, Unfortunately, it it has happened. Um, Now, if it was never recorded and never made public, then we probably well we definitely wouldn't be having this conversation. It's a bit of a tricky one. Um but I understand what you're saying, Scotty Panther and I am also going to tip the Panthers tonight as well. I think I think I know a lot of people are tipping South Sydney, Scotty, but I just have that feeling that um Penrith, even though they were disappointing last weekend, I just have that feeling people riding Penrith off. I know no Jerome Loy, I know Nath know Nathan Cleary yet. Still a couple of other players out, but you just look at that Panthers lineup that they still have. And even though South Sydney have been playing brilliant football and Latrell Mitchell has been cleared to play, he got through the captain's run yesterday, I just think you do not write the Panthers off um, at all, even without a full-strength side. And I just have that funny feeling they'll turn things around tonight. But I could be completely wrong, um, and they may not. Uh, let's have a look at just before I get back to the text. Um, on oh no, four five seven seven three six seven three six or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. So yeah, Robito's Panthers tonight. This one at a core stadium. Who are you tipping in that one? I think if Souths can beat Penrith, even if um, Penrith aren't at full strength, that will definitely say to the fans of rugby league, the NRL, that they potentially are. They're sitting in fifth at the moment. Potentially, are a premiership contender. I think this year, look, the Panthers are way and above every team when they're full strength, most people would think. But I think this year we have a real chance, if both South Sydney and the Roosters finish outside of that top four, I think we have a real chance to see a team for the first time win it in the NRL era from outside the top four. We might talk more about that tomorrow, especially we'll see what Souths can do tonight. But, yeah, I think if the Roosters and South Sydney manage to, well, Souths will make the eight, uh, if the Roosters manage to make the eight and finish in 7th or 8th, I think, yeah, it could be very interesting. You wouldn't want to be playing them, either of them, in the finals. In saying that, I still think Penrith uh, will do something pretty magic tonight and beat South Sydney, but I think it'll be a close game. It's a great ga- great way to kick off round 23 of the NRL. The rest of the round, which we'll preview with Charlie tomorrow, Cowboys Warriors tomorrow night at 6pm, important game for the Cowboys to bounce back. Broncos Storm at 7.55. That's a huge game for both teams Probably more in particular, the Broncos. We'll look at that. Then Saturday, the Eels, speaking of huge games, Mitch Moses, no certainty to play. He has been named, but no certainty to play against the Bulldogs. And the Bulldogs beat the Eels. Earlier on in the year, Seagulls will take on the Sharks at 5 30 pm, and then the Roosters will play at the Tigers, the final game at the SCG for the Roosters. And then on Sunday, the Dragons Titans at 2, and an important game for the Raiders at 4 o'clock in Newcastle, where the Newcastle Knights will host them. So we'll talk all about that with Charlie Goodsir tomorrow on the show. 0457 3 or 1300 01 1170. Uh, one of the other big news stories today. Is Cameron Munster going to test himself on the open market come November 1, uh, whether he stay at the Melbourne Storm, um, offering him around $800,000 a year, go to the Dolphins where he's been offered, I think, $1.2, $1.3 million a year to become the highest paid player in the NRL? Or will he pop up elsewhere? Um, I know the Dolphins, the Storm are favourites, but I'm sure there would at least be two or three other clubs that would be very interested in Cameron Munster's services. This one from Maddie on 0457 736, 736 says, Hey, mate, I think Cameron Munster would do well at the Dolphins. He really has achieved it all at the Storm. Premierships, Origin, and Australia. I think winning a comp with the Dolphins would be a goal he would set to take them from newbies to premiership threats. Uh, he strikes me as a player who needs a challenge, and the Storm may not provide this moving forward. That one from Maddie. Great text, Maddie. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that he would be considering. And I wonder also, in the back of his mind, and we don't know if he's had conversations with Craig Bellamy, but we don't know how long Craig Bellamy will be coaching for at the Melbourne Storm. He signed on, I believe, for next year, but we don't know what happens post that. Cameron Munster would still, all things being well, probably have another at least eight years left in his career, probably maybe even longer. Um, So maybe a fresh challenge, maybe making the Dolphins competitive, uh, is is a good thing for him, um, and look, the Dolphins in two thousand and twenty four could look like a very different side to the one that's going to run out next year. Uh, appreciate that text, Matty. Yeah, a new challenge. Sometimes players thrive on it. Uh, we saw Cooper Cronk leave the Storm. Now I know that is in completely different circumstances. He wanted to move back to Sydney to be closer to uh, his partner, and now wife. But um. Left the Storm, went to the Roosters, won two competitions. So sometimes, a fresh challenge is a good one. Thank you, Maddie. Good perspective on that. O four five seven seven three six seven three six or 1300 one 1170. Where would you like to see um, Cameron Munster end up? Would you like to see him stay at the Storm? Go to the Dolphins or end up elsewhere. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. The Western Australian government wants to bring an NRL doubleheader, potentially season opener, to Perth's Optus Stadium next year as attempts to take the grand final interstate ramp up. Now, we know there was a meeting yesterday uh, about the grand final, uh, wanting three in uh, the next 10 years, Brisbane, But uh, the WA government wants to stage another doubleheader in Perth, similar to that which marked the opening of Optus Stadium in 2018. That game was between South Sydney and the Warriors, followed by Bulldogs' Storm Encounter. There is an appetite for Optus Stadium, which has hosted two Origin Games, to accommodate more top-flight teams. Perth power brokers are open to the timing of potential matches in 2023. Round 1 has appeal... As does July and August when several Sydney venues will be unavailable due to the FIFA Women's World Cup. So it looks like we could be getting more games in Perth at Optus Stadium, which looks like a fantastic ground. Watch this space with that. Ten and a half to six. Don't forget, if you're running a small to medium business as a builder, renovator or tiler, Beaumont Tiles wants to help you. Australia's biggest, Beaumont Tiles, together with us, want to boost your business. Head to ICanWin.com.au and you could win a $25,000 advertising package to promote and grow your business. Connect with Beaumont Tiles and enter now at ICanWin.com.au. Back with more of your text calls next. 0457736736. 736. Where in the world, with an all-expenses-paid holiday corp seating, would you play the NRL Grand Final? We'll get to more of your text in a sec. It's ten to six. Yeah, good to have you company. It's five and a half to six breakfast, not too far away through the SEN network. India and Australia will clash uh, home and away in five, two five-test series between 2024 and 2027. Cricket's world governing body said yesterday as it released its international schedule. It is the first time in more than 30 years that will, they will play series contested over five Tests, so looking forward to that. Uh, one in two thousand and twenty-four, two thousand and twenty-five, and they'll meet again in India in two thousand and twenty-seven. Couple of texts to finish. A morning, Dan. Why not this is from the Big G? Morning, Dan. Why not play the best game in the world in one of the biggest cities? Take the grand final to MetLife Stadium in New York. I'd be on board with that. Let's go. Let's go to New York for a week. That'd be good. Uh, and this one from the man I'll finish off with this. Says, Hey, Dan. Always wanted to go into space, so play the game on Mars, and the losing team has to stay there. Interesting way to look at it. That's definitely one way to knock a team out forever. Thank you, Chookman. Thank you for all your text this morning. We'll preview the rest of Round 23 of the NRL tomorrow morning with Charlie Goodsir. News, then breakfast. I'll see you tomorrow morning from 5 a.m